Shalom to all. Today's office is stuff. Ein Bays. We are starting Ein Alpha. I'm Bays. The bottom line at the two dots. And today's office sponsor: Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam, Sarah Basar, Yaakov, Meisha, Herna Shama, Shadav, and Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Mars Rivka, Basar, Meir, Zev, Herna Shama, Shadav, and Aliyah. And the Mishnah said, "A mother's ishtay for a person's mother, his wife, that she's not allowed to go to a chasana or to a sheva house. So then he would have to divorce her and give her a ksuba right away. That's because he's closing the door in front of her." So the Gemara asks, "Bishlam Lili Beis We understand if he tells his wife she's not allowed to go to a chasana, Ein Bays, Amad Alpha, on top of Ikanal with Fanel. So we understand he's closing the door in front of her. He's telling her she's not allowed to go." Out, she's not going to have fun, she's not going to enjoy herself, and that's considered inu nefesh. But if she goes to base avel, what does that mean? He's closing the door in front of her. There's nothing exactly exciting about a base avel. Gemara says, No, Tana, we have a brassel of Machar, he may say, Tomorrow she might die, and no one's going to be mass but her, no one's going to say eulogy about her. And some say, No one's going to bury her. And where does this come from? Tanya, we have a brassel. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, Shat in the Pasuk is, It's better to go to a base avel, to a shiva house, than to go to a base mishta, to a chasana, this is the end of all man. And the person who's alive shall place this on his heart. Now, my what does that mean? The person who's alive should place it on his heart. Things that have to do with death. He should realize that if he eulogizes people, then they're going to eulogize him. If he goes to bury people, then they're going to bury him. If he wails and cries loudly for people, they're going to wail and cry for him. Yadal over here is perhaps a lashon of yodeling, of crying loudly and making a lot of noise. If he escorts a mace, they're going to Scored him, Titania Tanune, if he holds the bed of the mace, then they're gonna hold his bed as well. So that's why if he tells his wife that she's not allowed to go to base Avel, that's considered closing the door. If she doesn't go to be Menachem Avel, she's not gonna go to base Avel, so they're not gonna do it for her when she passes away. Now the Mishnah told us that if he claims the reason why he's not letting her go to these places is for a different reason than he's allowed to. The Gwaras my Davarachar, what's his Davarachar? Because the people that are Prutzim, there's inappropriate behavior that's going on over there, so he doesn't want her to be there. And Amravashi says, that's only if it's definite. He knows that it's most probably going to be parts. It's not going to be a proper matzav over there. So therefore, he says, don't go. Avalois chasik. If it's not almost for sure, loy kol kamine. So then he's not allowed to tell his wife not to go. The last case of the Mishnah was vim amr timri, and the situation was that she made a neder, and he had said, I'm only going to make for it for you if you tell over the following thing to my friend, the gemara So let her say it over to the friend. Why does he have to divorce her and give her get right away if she wants it? Why doesn't she just say this thing over? So Rav Yehuda Shmuel he says vam We're talking about things of embarrassment. This is talking about something that has to do with their personal intimate life, he wants her to tell it over to his friend, he's not allowed to force her to do that. Another condition that was mentioned in this nether that she does not have to fulfill is ashba, or if he tells her to fill up and pour out into the garbage so she doesn't have to listen to him either. The Gemara says to Avid, why doesn't she just do that? What's wrong with what he's demanding from her? So Amrav Yudam Rishmul, he answers what he's asking her to do is fill herself up with Sheikh Zera and then move her legs so that it spills out. In other words, what he's saying is that after Tashmish, she should move her legs in a way that the Zera comes out and she can't become pregnant, and that's something that he's not allowed to demand of her. Now, Masisatan and the Brasa was taught, that what he's demanding from her is to fill up 10 buckets of water and pour them out into the garbage. But now we analyze, we understand according to Shmuel that he was telling her that you have to do a maneuver that you're not able to become pregnant. That's why if she demands it, he would have to divorce her and give her a ksuba. He's not allowed to demand that from her. According to what we just said now, what does it make a difference? Let her take these buckets of water and pour them out. So I'm a rabbi, I'm a rabbi, and he answers, because she looks like she's crazy and her husband's not allowed to demand that of her. No, Rav Khani says, If man was mother's wife, that she's not allowed to borrow or lend out, Nafa Ukvara, a sieve and a sifter, Vrechai Vatanur, or a mill or oven, Yaitzivitanksuba, he would have to divorce her and give her a ksuba. And why is that? Because he's giving her a bad name with all of her neighbors. All of her neighbors are going to start saying, What a terrible woman, she doesn't lend out all these basic household items. We have a similar if he's mother's wife, that she's not allowed to borrow or lend out all these things, Yaitzivitanksuba, he would have to divorce her and give her 
because he's causing her to have a bad name among all the neighbors. And she also should not have she made this nether, or if she made a nether that she's not going to sew nice clothing for her kids. So in this case, he's allowed to divorce her without a ksuba. And why is that? Because she's causing him to have a bad name among his neighbors. And the Mishnah the following women are allowed to be divorced without a ksuba. They do not get their ksuba. If a woman is over and Das Moshe and Yehudas, Das Moshe is halacha. She has to keep certain halachas and she's being over on that halacha. Das Yehudas is something different. Das Yehudas is a minog, a practice, a custom, or behavior that's become standard among women. Even though it isn't written anywhere in the Torah, this has to be done. It's something that proper women have accepted upon themselves to do. So if she's over and Das Yehudas, he could divorce her without a ksuba. The Mishnah says, Ve'ezuhi Das Moshe, what is considered Das Moshe? If she feeds him food that doesn't have miser taken off of it, or she has tashish with him and she's a nida, like Hatzalachala, she doesn't take chal off the dough. Or if she makes nadarim and she doesn't keep to those nadarim. What's considered dasi hodes? She goes out and her hair's uncovered. Or she spins thread in the marketplace. And she speaks to anyone that she meets. He says, Also, she curses his parents when he's there. He says, Even a woman who makes a lot of noise. What is a kailanis? When she's talking in her house, and her neighbors could hear her voice. And the Gemara's going to explain all these. The Gemara starts out with the beginning of the she's giving him food that didn't have meister taken off of it. Hey, dummy, what's the case? If he knows that there wasn't meister taken off of it, so so he should separate himself and not eat it. And if he didn't know about it, so how does he now know that he ate food that didn't have meister taken off of it? So she told him, This fellow, he was attacking the pile for me. He took meister off of it. And he went and he asked that fellow, and it turned out that it was a lie. His wife didn't tell the truth. Next case was, she had tashrish with him when she was in Nida. The Gemara says, Dummy, what's the case? If he knew that she was a Nida, Nifresh, so he should separate from her and not have Tashmish. And if he didn't know that she was a Nida, Nismachilava, he's allowed to rely on her. If she says, I'm Tahar, so he's allowed to rely on her. How do we know that? How do we know that a Nida is allowed to count her seven days by herself and she doesn't have to have anyone over her making sure she's counting properly? Because the Pasuk says, and she counts seven days, what do we learn from the word La over here? It means she could count them for herself. So we see that we could trust her. So what's the case over here? She told him, That rabbi told me that this blood is really Tahar, so I'm Tahar. And he went and he asked the rabbi, it turned out it was a lie. Alternatively, we can answer just like Rav Yehuda. He says, If she had a chazak among her neighbors, that she was a nida, and the way that everyone knows that she's a nida is because back in the day, when she was a nida, she would wear different clothing. So she was walking around wearing this different clothing, so everyone knew that she was a nida. In such a case, if her husband's with her, by the like Alem, her husband's going to get Malchus if he's with her as a Nida. So the case over here would be is that she was walking around in her clothing of Nida and then she took them off and put on regular clothing and attached with her husband. That's the case where it's considered Mishamshasa Nida and he's allowed to divorce her without a Ksuba. The next case in the Mishnah was Vlaikatzalachala, she didn't take Chala off of the dough. The Gemara asked, Hey Chidami, what's the case? Idiyada, if he knows that it wasn't taken off so Nifresh, so he should separate himself and not eat it. And Idiyada, if he didn't know, so Minayada, so how's he supposed to know that he ate it without it being taken off? So Mara says, Loitzricha, the Armale, she told him, Plenty Gabal Tikan Lisa Isa, that fellow who needed the dough, he took care of the dough for me. Vazel Shaili, and he went and he asked him, and it turned out that it was a lie. Now the Mishnah said, if she makes a dharma, she doesn't keep to them. That's reason why he's allowed to divorce her without a ksuba. And the question is why? Because Mar said, with a sin of making a nether, not keeping to it, children die. Don't allow your mouth to make your flesh sin. So you see, the beginning of the Pasuk is talking about making a nether because we're talking about a person's mouth. And at the end of the Pasuk says, that something's going to happen to your maasiyadayim. So we explain, what is the handiwork of a person? 
person that's going to get hurt. That's talking about his sons and daughters. Now, he says we have a different pasuk. The pasuk says, For nothing did I strike your sons. What does this mean? For nothing. is Because of the matter of nothingness, meaning because of the matter of making a nether and not keeping to it. And Tanya, we have a brassah here of Meir Emri. He says, If a man knows that his wife, she makes a and she doesn't keep to them, he should go and he should be mad to her again. The Gemara asks, Yadi Rena, he should be mad to her again, but my Matakin law, how is he fixing up that first nether? So the Gemara answers, you're right, he should go and get her all riled up, so that she can make this nether in front of him, and then he can be made for the nether. So Amalai, they told her, a mayor, a person can't live with a snake in a box. You're right, he might be able to get her to repeat her nether, and then he can be made for it. But if she's the type of person that's going to be making nadarim and not keeping to them, he can't be tracking her 24 7. She's going to end up doing it when he's not there. He's not going to know about it, and this is going to bring problems into his house. That's considered like living with a snake in a box. And Tanya Weaver writes, Ahoy Rabbi Huda, I'm Rabbi Huda, used to say, If he knows that his wife does not take challah off the dough, he should take challah off the dough. Amr they told him, A person can't live with a snake in a box. He's not going to be able to make sure that he's there every single time his wife is making dough. So that's not a valid suggestion. Now, the Gemara says, According to Manda Amr, that this is a good suggestion for challah. When the wife doesn't take challah off the dough, he should just make sure that he takes challah off the dough. So that Manda Amr would also hold that when she makes nadarim, we should do what we said previously. He should get his wife all riled up. She'll make the nether again, and then he'll be made for it for her. That's because she's going to be making a nether far less often than she's going to be making dough. But according to Manda Amr, that this suggestion is good for nadarim, but for this, regarding dough, it's very possible that she's going to make a dough. He's going to forget to take challah off because she makes dough all the time, and therefore it's not a valid suggestion for the dough. For nadarim, yes, but not for the dough. Now explaining the next part of Meshla, we had said, what's considered dasi hudis? If she goes out with her hair uncovered, the Gemara asks, "Rosha perua dairaisahi." It's it's a dairaisa for her to go outside with her hair uncovered. The Chassid, the pasuk says, "Uparis rosha isha," and he shall uncover the head of the woman. V'tanu the rabbi shmal, if a brass tanu the mesh of rabbi shmal, as harul bnei yisrael shalayotu perua rosh. This is the warning that as harul for bnei yisrael, they're not allowed to go out with their hair uncovered. So how could you say that her going out with her hair uncovered is just considered das yehudes, but it's not a dairaisa? So the Gemara explains, "Dairaisa." So when we're dealing with dairaisa, is ein bezon bezon top kalsa shapir dami. So it's sufficient for her to go out with this kalsa of hers, which is a basket of sorts that goes on her head. It covers her hair. She could put stuff on the top of this basket on the outside of it. Midaraisa, that's considered covering her hair. But Das Yehudis is a filu kalsanami usher. She's not allowed to go out even with this kalsa. That's because the hair can be seen through the weave of the basket. If she goes out with this kalsa of hers, it's not considered like her hair's uncovered. Havabar Abzer Abzer asked the following question Hecha, where are we talking about that she's going out with this kalsa and it's okay? Ilema Bishok, if you want to say that she's going out to the marketplace with this kalsa on her head, Das Yehudis, we just said that that's a problem of Das Yehudis. So you're trying to tell me that she's allowed to go out with this kalsa on her head in her own chatzar? Well, M. Cain, if that's really so, that means that you're not allowing a daughter of Avram Ravinu, which means you're not allowing Yiddish women to stay with their husbands. If you're telling me that she's allowed to go out with a kalsa in her own chatzar, that's mashma, that she's not allowed to go out without it in her chatzar, which means she has to walk around in her own chatzar with her hair covered. But that's practically impossible because every woman goes out to her own chatzar with her hair uncovered. So Rabbi Rav Kana, he answers, what we mean by saying that it's mutter just to wear this kalsa and not anything else is if she's going from her chatzar to a different chatzar by way of a mavoi, by way of an alleyway, that's permitted. She doesn't have to wear a proper head covering. She could wear this in-between head covering. In her own chatzar, she doesn't even have to wear a head covering. Now, another thing that we said that was a problem of Das Yehudis was v'tayvah bashuk if she spins in the marketplace. Amrav Yehudam Shmuel, he explains, that's because she's showing her arms to people. She's obviously doing it on purpose and that's inappropriate behavior for her. And Rav Chizda Amravimi, he explains that what's the problem with her spinning in the marketplace? Place, but she's spinning thread in the marketplace, and the spindle or the thread.
thread goes down in front of her face. In front of her face is a euphemism for her private area on the lower parts of her body. And when she spins thread like that, so it attracts people to look to that area of hers, and that's inappropriate. Yet another problem of Das Yehudis is when we debarrass him, call Adam, she speaks to every person, Amr Avihuda, Amr Shmuel. What does that mean? She laughs and jokes around with the young men. And Amr Abraham he tells us a story. One time, I was going after Rav Okva. We saw an Arab woman that was sitting down. She had her spindle, and she was spinning thread, and she was doing it down by her lower regions. And once she saw us, she stopped her spindling and spinning her thread. She she threw it on the ground. She told me, Ulam, young man, please bring me my spindle. Amr Bar Rav Okva Milsa, Rav Okva said something about her. Now he just asked my Amr Bar, what did he say about her? So Ravina Amr Ravina says, Taiva Bashuk Amr Bar. He said about her that she is the example of Taiva Bashuk. Rabbanan Amr Rabbanan said, Midabarism Kal Adam Amr Bar. He said about her that she's a Midabarism Kal Adam. Now the Mishad said, Abashal Amr Abashal says, Avim Kalel Siyad Bifanov. Also, she curses his parents when he's there. Amr Yehuda Amr Shmuel, Rav Yehuda said, B'Shem Shmuel, Mikalel Siyad B'Fnei Maldav. This includes if she curses his parents in front of his children. In other words, she says negative things about the grandparents to the grandchildren. Messi Manachan had to remember this. Ephraim Menashe, Keruvin Veshimin Yuli. The Pasuk says, Ephraim Menashe shall be like Reuven and Shimon to me. We see from here that Yaakov Vinu equated his grandchildren, Ephraim and Menashe, to his own children. Now, an example of this is Amr Rabbi, he says to Amr for example, she says, Nechli Ariel Saba, a lion should eat grandfather, Zaidi should be devoured by a lion. And she said this, Ba'ape Bray, in front of his son. Now, the last case of the mission is with Tarfanim, where he had said, Afa Kalan is also a woman that makes a lot of noise. The Gemara is, My Kalan, what does that mean she makes a lot of noise? Amr Rabbi Huda Amr Shmuel, Ben Mishmas Kalal, is Ketashmish. It's talking about a woman raising her voice very loudly in regards to Tashmish. When they have private, intimate discussions about Tashmish, she raises her voice really loudly so that the neighbors can hear her. That's called the Kailanis. Now, Masisa Tana and Brasa was taught, Mshameshes Bechatzer Zuv and Ishmaqal Bechatzer Cheres. It's talking about when they have Tashmish in this Chatzer, meaning in her house, her voice can be heard all the way in someone else's house. It's painful for her to have Tashmish. She screams very loud, but people can hear her when she's having Tashmish. The Gemara said that's really such a scenario of an Isnaye Gabe Mumin Bemasnisin. And in Mishnah, when we talk about different types of Mumin that a woman can have, why don't we mention that this is a type of Mum that is very painful for her to have Tashmish? The Gemara says, you're right. It's like what we had said originally that she talks very loudly when they're discussing Tashmish and other people can hear her. And the Mishnah continues, A person is a woman on condition that she doesn't have any Nadarim. He's Makadish her and he tells her this is only on condition that you don't have any outstanding Nadarim. Having name to Allah Nadarim, it turns out that she has Nadarim and Mekudeshes. She's not Mekudeshes. The whole thing is null and void. Let's say, if he marries her Stam without saying anything, and it turns out that she has Nadarim, he's allowed to divorce her without paying her Ksuba. Meaning the Kedushin was valid, but he doesn't have to give her a Ksuba. What about if he's Makadish her on condition that she doesn't have any movement, no blemishes, and it turns out that she has a blemish, and a Mekudeshes, so she's not Mekudeshes. But let's say, Stam, he married her Stam, and then it turns out that she had a mum, he's allowed to divorce her without a Ksuba. And what type of movement are we talking about? Any mum that's considered a mum by a Kayin that makes him not be allowed to serve in a base of Mikdash, that's the type of mum that apostles a woman. The Gemara says, We have the same exact Mishnah when we're discussing Kiddushin, in Mesach's Kiddushin. What do we have to have two of the same Mishnahs for? So the Gemara explains, over here, we need to have this Mishnah because it mentions Ksuba, that he doesn't have to give her a Ksuba. So therefore, Tana Kedushin, Ksubas, we mention the Halacha of Kedushin as Mishnah because we have to have the Mishnah for the Ksubas-related Halacha. Hasam Kedushin at over there, we need the Mishnah for the Kedushin-related Halacha. So Tana Ksubas, Ata Kedushin, we also teach the Ksubas part of the Mishnah because we have to have the Kedushin part of the Mishnah. Now, Amr Abiyachan, Mishum Rav Tzadik, Nudarim Amru, the following Nudarim are the ones that we're talking about in the Mishnah that he's making this condition on, you're not allowed to have these Nudarim. She's not going to eat meat or drink wine, which lights his kasha big dates of him, or that she's not going to get dressed in colorful clothing. Taina mehachab is just like this. These are the dharma that we were talking about in the Mishnah. Something that has inu nefesh in it. She's 
she's not going to eat meat or drink wine. She'll like this cashier, but they date him. She's not going to wear colorful clothing. But now Havbar Papa, he asked the following question: Ahaya, on what part of the mission is this going on? Remember, we had two cases in the mission. The first case of the mission is he was Makadeshur on condition that she doesn't have any nadarim. The second case of the mission is that he married her, he didn't say anything, and then it turns out that she had nadarim. So which case of the Mishnah is this member going on that these are the Nadarim that we're talking about? If you want to say it's going on the ratio when he clearly stipulated, I'm only Makadeshu on condition that you don't have Nadarim. Well, if that's really so, came to Kalkapid, since he was very clearly Makbid, he doesn't want her to have Nadarim, I feel Kalmilinami. It should be even if she had any sort of Nadar that the Gedushin is not going to be Chal. Why would we limit his condition to be talking about just these three Nadarim? He clearly doesn't want her to have any Nadarim. So Allah Seifa must be going on the Seifa, that when he married her and she had Nadarim, in such a case, if she had one of these three Nadarim on her, so then he could divorce her with Hadaksuba. And that's what it's talking about. Now, Ravashi Amr, he says, well, in my ratio, it's really going on the ratio. And even though he had made a stipulation on condition that you do not have Nadarim on you, it's really only talking about these three Nadarim. Why is that? And immediately, Kapti Ba'inchi have a Kpeide Kpeida. And something that most normal people will be bothered by. So his Kpeida, the fact that he doesn't want her to have his Nadar on her, that's considered a valid Kpeida. And therefore, the condition wouldn't be Chal. But immediately, like Kapti Ba'inchi, something which is not normal for people to be bothered by, like have a Kpeide Kpeida, just because he has a Kpeida that he doesn't want her to have his nether on her, that's not considered a normal kpeda, and therefore, even though he said very clearly on condition that you don't have any nadarim, since this nether that she has on her is something which is not common and it's not normal for people to be bothered by, it's not something that's going to be about to the kedushin. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continuing to analyze this Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.